Hello and welcome along to yet another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. And this week, I am really pleased to be joined by two new guests to the show, James Millman and Ross Miller. And for those that might not know, James is a former jockey. He rode over 130 winners. He's now assistant to his dad, the legendary Rod Millman, and is often seen presenting on racing TV, a shrewd judge, both over the jumps and on the flat. And I most recently saw you, James, at Wincanton, getting your eye in and whetting the appetite for the season ahead. So thank you for joining us uh, today. Not a problem. Uh, the old man would be happy. Legendary trainer. I don't think he's ever been described as that. So he'll be delighted. Yeah, I saw, I saw him at Tassels recently. I had a good chat with him. He is a legend of the game, of course. <coughs> and um, we love following your horses throughout the season. And also thrilled to welcome Ross Miller. And as many of you will know, Ross was racing TV's tips to winner in 2020 and brings plenty of national hunt knowledge to the table. You're also a breeder of national hunt horses and we have a mutual love of pedigrees. Um, so great to have you on board with us today, Ross. Great to be here, Jess. Thanks. And guys, look, the clocks are going back this weekend. The nights are getting longer. The days are getting shorter and that can really only mean one thing, can't it? We're firmly in the national hunt season and the jumps racing in both the UK and Ireland this weekend is just mouthwatering. Cheltenham Festival heroes are returning new kids on the block strutting their stuff and some legends of the game returning for another new season. And that's, I think, where we'll begin today in terms of those lovable national hunt horses that come back season upon season. And one that's been hitting the headlines for several reasons is Paisley Park, who will be lining up in the West Yorkshire Hurdle at Weatherby on Saturday. And at the moment, SBK are giving him two to one for this race. Thomas Darby, seven to two. Master Tommy Tucker, four to one. Indefatigable, seven to one. Look, I'll come to you first, James, if I can. Paisley Park, a horse that has been a bit of a star in the staying ranks for a while. He has schooled well over fences, we hear, but they're going to stick to the stayers' route as at the moment. A different introduction into his season. And he comes to this race as opposed to the race at Newbury, the long walk where he, uh, the long distance where he normally starts his races. What are your thoughts on him now coming into yet another season and probably with a few question marks to answer? Well, he's nine rising and ten, isn't he, this campaign, Paisley Park? And, and as you mentioned, what a star he's been for the whole team. And uh, even last year, he still wasn't that far of his best. But the issue is, at the top level, is he going to be quite as good as what he was perhaps two years ago? And I'd say that's unlikely. I don't think he's quite as um, robust as what Big Bucks was. Um, and obviously, we, we had a bit of an illness, I think, last summer, um, which meant perhaps he wasn't quite his best last season. And then he had a hard race at Aintree when, when pulling up. Interesting that they are returning him a month earlier. Like you say, normally he returns at Newbury and it's, it's a tried and tested route. So I think it's very much in their minds that they could switch to Jason if he wins and he just wins or if he does get beat because you've got a couple of interesting contenders especially Thomas Darby who had a good campaign hurdling and Massey Tommy Tucker who's intriguing switching back to hurdles he's got that six pound penalty I think he's vulnerable if that decision if, if they want to go chasing I think that would be a good route to go purely because if he jumps well you can get some nice confidence boosting novice successes um, just dropping down a grade because every single time he runs now it's grade two grade one level and he's having a hard race so just having that Faheen route, giving him a little bit of confidence back in, in, in the lower grade, depending on what happens on, on Saturday, I certainly wouldn't think that's a bad idea at all. In terms of a, a race itself, and I'll come to you, Ross, like uh, from a betting perspective, we talked about Paisley Park potentially going 
uh, chasing and using this race as a as sort of an introduction and maybe a confidence boost. But it's not a foregone conclusion. It's a competitive little race. It was a good race last year. Roxana won it in excess nation, ran a cracker, and it's really set their season up very well. And as James mentioned, Thomas Darby is coming into this with Ollie Murphy in great form. Master Tommy Tucker, he's an interesting type reverting to hurdles. So it's a it's a competitive race for Paisley Park to start a season off in. It is, but you, you'd think they've perhaps brought him forward a month to find something that's perhaps not as competitive as a long walk, which I'd say this this almost certainly isn't. Um, Master Tommy Tucker is definitely interesting, uh, but I'm certainly, this is the wrong way around for him. I know he won at Haydock last year, left-handed, but he went around there the entire way on the wrong lead. Um, and I'm certain he's better right-handed. And there is just a chance, I mean... He's a fairly carefree <laughs> jumper of a fence and there's every chance he could just not respect the hurdle at all um, and just leave Weatherby littered with firewood. Um, if he doesn't, he's got a great chance. And then Thomas Darby as well. He, he, he struggled to dismiss him on his form, but I watched the entry race back and I know he finished third, but I couldn't be convinced that actually he stayed the three miles. He wasn't going anywhere at the end for certain. Um, so I think they've tried to find an easier option for Paisley Park here. Um, he does have to give uh, £13 to uh, Indefatigable. Thomas Darby has to give a seven. And that puts her on ratings within £2 and £1 of both of them. She's had the prep run at Pontefract on the flat. This, for me, looks like this is her target. This is the race they want. They've left no stone unturned. Thomas Darby first time out. Paisley Park first time out. Paisley Park is a big burly horse, I've always thought. I always think he'll strip fitter for a run. Um, so for me, she'd be the interesting one, but it, it, it probably is a race to watch with a view to going forward than, than really getting stuck in. Yeah, she's uh, been an absolute hero for the Paul Webber Yard, the Martin Pipe um, winner um, from 2020. And yeah. at the weights, James, it's a cracking angle into it. And look, this this division in general probably has got, it's got a very, quite very open feel about it. And as much as she was sort of running in, in the better graded races, looking at her weight and her age, she, she probably does benefit from um, all of those advantages. And, uh, you know, Roxana not around, she could be a mare to really contend with, with that advantage at her hands. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, Roxana, shame she's injured and out um, for the future because, like I say, she dominated the mayor's division. Generally, Indefatigable last year just wasn't good enough, um, but then she did bounce back. Um, both at Aintree, not too bad behind Time Hill, but was a fair way behind Thomas Darby. And the best effort was behind You're Never Cool at Sandown. She has got that fitness on her side, um, so it's definitely interesting. Uh, I like what Ross says about Master Tommy Tucker going that way around. I hate watching him over fences because he makes such shocking mistakes where the jockey doesn't really have much say of what he does. Uh, interesting, he was two from two in his hurdle career early days and the fact that Paul start him off over hurdles I imagine he, he would have scored relatively well um, the, the point that he didn't perhaps be able to go in the other way around I think that is definitely a good one he's very good around Kempton when, when, when he gets a clear round um, but I just felt he could be special if he does enjoy the smaller obstacles like I say he's not going to have any respect for them because he has no respect for fences mm. but uh, I just felt he potentially could be the the, the lightly raced 10 year old that, that could come to the fore switching back into a different discipline yeah, he's clearly very talented. Um, he's just doesn't. He's just trying to work out how to jump. Has always been his issue. Right, a fascinating race um, to start off, and uh, we've got plenty more to go through. So, Ross, for you, who, who are you going to side with here? I, I'd side with Indefatigable. I and think Jane? she was given enough to do at Aintree. 
uh, mass tummy tucker for me. Brilliant. Okay. Well, interesting. We're going against Paisley Park, which I think is quite fascinating, really, considering you know what he has done. But he does have a few questions to answer after that. After last season, for me as well, and I do think Thomas Darby um, possibly could be a horse that just is coming into this with Ollie Murphy in fine form and Sean Bowen riding for the first time as well. Um, right, we'll head into um, the Charlie Hall Chase, which is also uh, one of the major races of the weekend. And this three-mile race, the Grade 2, won by surname last year. Uh, it's going to be his starting point again this season. SSBK are pricing up at 6-5. to five. Sean Blue, who's a fascinating contender for the Skeletons, 92. Clondor Castle, 92. And Foozle Raffles, 13-2. to two, And Kitty's Light, 12-1. to one. Surname needs to come back from a pretty disastrous season last year. He did win this, but pulled up on both starts, guys. He was once rated 177. He's now £9 lower. What's gone wrong with him, James? And what does he need to do to prove that he's still the force of old? And is he too skinny at 6-5? to five? Uh, Surname, I think he's a bit of a mental head case. And... He's always been on the verge. That match of Altior, was it nearly two years ago now? Paul had him absolutely spot on, but I think it did actually break him a little bit mentally. Uh, and it's very interesting that he came back fresh last year for this contest and in a stronger renewal when he beat Vindication and I write. And he actually looked not too far off his best. And then King George didn't travel a yard. And the same story when he went back to his beloved Ascot, really, he had to be rushed uh, to force a pace. He was going quite a strong pace, really, to try and get him in, in the lead. And it didn't work out. He's been freshened up. I probably wouldn't be looking at him beyond this contest and what we saw last year. But I just feel I looked at the the entries and I was disappointed by what I saw. And ultimately, there isn't that much strength and depth to the British chasers. And that's why the Charlie Hall this year, it lacks a class of recent renewals. Yes, you'd be very keen to oppose surname normally. But I think Paul's going to have a spot on first time because he knows that this might be his only opportunity really of the season. He goes well fresh. Harry Cotton's on board. I just think the rivals shouldn't really be good enough to be winning at Charlie Hall. You've got Sean Blue last year, a good novice, but not exceptional. Clondor Castle, Clan as a bow, putting firmly in his place despite running a solid second. He was 26 lengths behind. So, yes, surname. He's got so many issues. He's an absolute nutcase. But tomorrow's pro, Saturday's probably the day for him to, to get back in his enclosure. I just think he's a, a tricky horse to get behind at six to five. And Ross, look, Harry Cobden with Master Tommy Tucker and Surname to look forward to both on the same day. They're complicated horses and they, they really need to hope that they're right at their best. He's having, having his first run since that second wind surgery as well, which is of note. Obviously, Paul Nichols likes to do this with his horses. But is there anything in here? Sean Blue, Kitty's Light for me is fascinating stepping up into this grade and I just I don't know where you, where you're sitting with this I just can't I find surname difficult to get behind yeah he's he's tricky isn't he Mitt? six to five I certainly wouldn't be a backer but then would I want to be a layout and, it, and it's the Paul Nichols factor in the wind op isn't it and Paul Nichols time and time again whether it's dropping Politolog back to two miles big bucks back to hurdles I mean he, even way back Seymour Business and sticking a pair of blinkers on him he finds a way with these horses but you're, you're pinning a lot of hope on that. Uh, and watching the race back from last year, I was at the time not convinced he had an awful lot left under the bonnet, even though he was hands and heels. To me, he looked like Harry Cobden was sat on a fairly empty horse. And at no point did he have to really go through the gears to get past 
I write and vindication. I just think this year with Sham Blue, you know that Harry Skelton is going to turn into the straight at Weatherby and he'll be going. And I think there's every chance that surname is going to have to come off the bridle to pick him up. And if that exposes a hole, I think Sham Blue, for me, is a suspect there at three miles. I think the two of them could set it up for a closer. You suggested Kitty Light. I could just see him getting a bit too far back to, to close up. The one that I thought was interesting at a price, about 13 to 2, I think, is uh, Fusel Raffles. I think he's only a six-year-old. He's got plenty going for him. I loved it. Cheltenham in December last year. He was beaten at the top of the hill and he stuck his head down and fought back up in soft ground over two and a half. He looks a thorough stare at two and a half. The dam stayed two miles, six round or toy. I think there's every chance he can improve even further for this step up to three miles. And in a disappointing contest, I would side with him. Yeah, interesting angle there with um, Fusel Raffles. He's already he's got a, a, a run under his belt where he chased home Brave Man's game, who was very impressive. Uh, Nicky Henderson doesn't have a heap of runners uh, that he doesn't bring out his best horses until a little bit later on. Um, but he throws them in here as a definite live contender, only a six-year-old. Mighty Thunder, he also needs to be given a mention. Clearly, the... Scottish national winner needs to improve again, but Lucinda Russell's got a great team of horses this season, and this horse deserves um, his place um, in in the in this lineup. But we've only got seven runners. It's a small field, possibly not really a betting race again, James. I feel like you're going to you're restoring, you're keeping your faith in surname. He's also selection. I just place it in Paul Nichols, and like I say, I, I think it would be a one probably to oppose. Uh, in the future, I, I just think he's found the, the perfect race for him. It's a race he won last year. And Ross, I, I got to agree with the points because he didn't particularly stay on race strongly last year. I just, I don't know if there's anything as good as what we saw last year to actually put him under that pressure. Um, but obviously, Paul hasn't got anything against him. He, he's just going to be fresh and well. So yes, he's too short. Yes, you're taking a a, a big risk, but I, I, I think he's got that ceiling of ability, which is far ahead of his opposition and. If he's even £10 below what he, he achieved without you a couple of years ago, I think that would still be enough. Interesting, guys. Well, I'm going to go with Sean Blue, who I think the skeletons are being in cracking form and he steps into this open company. Yes, it's a big, big division to come into, but importantly for me, he's had back-to-back victories at this track last season. He's hugely exciting, I think, in this sphere. And as we've all agreed, this is an open enough race. And... Um, despite having to find plenty on ratings with the favourite, I think he's a better price for me than Surname at six to five, Sean Blue at nine to two. We will head over to Ireland, to Down Royal, where there's a feast of racing this weekend. We could be here all day talking about um, the, the politics of the jockeys' bookings and the decisions and whether we're put at making mountains out of molehills about what's going on with jockey bookings and decisions. But the most important thing is that we've got exceptional horses reappearing, not least the Gold Cup winner, Manella Indo, who will be in the now renamed Labrook Champion Chase over three miles on Saturday. And he is currently your 10 to 11 favourite for this race. Frodon, the mighty Frodon, um, is a runner for Paul Nichols, who's farmed this race really well in the past, guys. Um, remember Quarto Stark coming here. Clanders of Bow was a good second in this race too. Galvin is 4-1, to one, Delta Work 10-1, to one, and Ravenhill 50-1. to one. We have to start with Manella Indo. Jack Kennedy now off. Rachel Blackmore now on. For me, the only chink I could find in, potentially in his armour is 
jumping right-handed. I haven't really found any occasions where he's actually won going right-handed. And that would be my only reason to be slightly nervous about him. But he's the Gold Cup winner. Plenty of respect for him. He has to be the one to beat, don't you think, Ross? I do understand what you're saying. But if the rain doesn't come and it's on the quicker side of soft, I'm just not sure whether... Frodon might have a few gears for him and make it a bit hard for him to peg him back, particularly when you say that they will certainly want to get a good round of jumping into him. They won't want to have the same season last year where middle of the season they lose him and they're, they're sort of scratching around going into a Gold Cup. So I don't think for them it would be the end of the world if he gets beat on Saturday. Um, I think you can be certain that uh, Froden is going there absolutely ready for the minute. Um and on good ground, I think he'd get a nice, easy lead up front. I don't think anyone's going to want to take him on. And he could just take a bit of pegging back. If the ground goes soft, then I think it does give Manella into a great chance, as it would Galvin, because I think it would bring his stamina into play. Um, but uh, at the prices, and with the forecast that I've seen, there's not a huge amount of rain coming, though there is some coming. I, I think the ground could just be on the good enough side for Frodon to take a bit of catching. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned the ground at the moment. They call it yielding to soft. I know I've been hearing reports that it has been raining um, and they, they, they want it to be that genuinely sort of soft ground. The Galvin is the horse that comes in with a really exceptional CV, James. And he's a horse that has shown off how good he is, you know, the, the way that he can jump. Um, he's been brilliant. He's obviously had his prep run in as well um, not too long ago. And he, the back and trip element seems to be no concern. They look like they're planning backwards from a grand national bid, which is interesting. So again, this could be another sort of just sort of confidence boost for him. Whereas for me, I think um, Manila Indo, they want to, you know, I might just disagree with Ross. I think they'll want to keep, they want to start off and they want to win and they want to keep, keep him rolling throughout the season. It's a trappy little affair and I can see where Ross is coming in terms of tactically, it could really play into Frodon's hands. This time I'm 100% in agreement with Ross, to be fair. Uh, Manila Indo, him and Bromhead's team as a whole, I think they are working towards Cheltenham and, and that is obviously the, the main aim. And I think he'd probably be not as fit as what Frodon will be with Paul sending him over to, to Down Royal and the race has done so well. Manila Indo, he, he's a very, very good horse. Interesting, obviously, you mentioned the jockey angle. Jack Kennedy headlines that he was going to be keeping the ride on this horse. Obviously, Aplutard is going to be Rachel's ride, you, you would imagine, uh, heading towards uh, the Gold Cup. And then I look at the decks and I see uh, Jack's being claimed by Gigginstown uh, for Delta Work. So that's an interesting, interesting conundrum for the season ahead. Uh, but Frodon, Paul has been a little bit uh, lukewarm about his chances, which is unlike Paul, but I think he's just trying to hide his confidence a little bit because he pinpoints his race and he doesn't get it too far on. Uh, Frodon, he won a good ground at Cheltenham this time last uh, year off 164. That was nearly arguably as good as his King George success. Uh, you'd imagine Brian would be getting him out in front and just putting the others under pressure. Golvin, I think, like Ross says, he might be a little bit too slow for Frodon um, on a quicker surface. He won the, the former four-miler at Cheltenham. He, he came back. It was a hard-fought success. I thought it punched down. Uh, just 17 days previously. He's got that fitness angle, but he's only rated 159, Frodon 167, and Manila Endo 175. He's still got a, a fair bit to climb in the old handicap ratings, and I think he might be vulnerable. And 
again, Paul Nichols treble for me. Frodon, uh, I think he's going to be nearly at his peak. Obviously, King George is that main aim. But for me, he goes well fresh. And I say Brian, he'll be getting him out in front, getting him jumping and just putting the others to a test from an early stage. Yeah, it's interesting. I read that Paul Nichols said that Frodon's gone on a gone on a way there, had a, had a race course gallop to prep him. Um, he always kind of slightly goes a little bit forgotten, can go under the radar. He's so versatile as well. We last saw him winning over two miles, six and a half at Sandown. And this track, I feel like, will suit him. It's a very flat track, isn't it, down Royal? Um, and that will play into his strengths. Manila Indo, as I said earlier, the right-handed element, as you guys have rightly said, his jumping is not always spot on. And this might not necessarily be their focal point obviously retaining that gold cup is. So it looks like Frodon is the selection from Ross and James um, in what is promising to be a brilliant day at Dan Royal as well. We've mentioned that the, the jockey bookings have gone left, right and centre and Envoy Alain obviously makes his reappearance as well. Davy Russell was on board. Now he's been claimed as well by Gordon Elliott and Rachel Blackmore is on board. So Rachel's got a pretty nice weekend to look forward to quite unexpectedly. You wouldn't imagine that Envoy Alain becomes a spare ride, but that looks like a great introduction for him to, to begin his, uh, new season and uh, coming back from that surgery he's had. But there is back over in the UK, guys. I actually think Ascot's race card in terms of a betting proposition is probably the best place to go. Um, there's some really interesting horses reappearing, um, some good handicaps. And I think we're going to have a look at the 245, the Burn Group Handicap Chase listed race, which has always been a good starting point for plenty of horses in this sphere. And I'm going to go to you, James, because there's a horse that you like in here that you want to have a chat about, and that's Amula Gold. Yeah, Amula uh, Gold won the race last year for Dan Skelton and Bridget Andrews rode him last year, beat a player by short head, came back a few a month later, beat the neck by first flow. So it absolutely excels over this course and distance. And then I thought ran a cracker behind Sky Pirates, considering what he went on to do at Warwick. Shelton, I don't think, is quite his track when he was in the eighth. Last time out, off his marker, 146. Yes, he's a, he's a stone higher than last year, but most of his rivals are also off elevated marks. Um, Editor de Guy, who won the Daintree for, for the Moors, he's actually gone up uh, £8 for that success, and he's £20 higher than what he was at the corresponding meeting a year ago when he got beat. One for Rosie, when he saw that one twice last year. Um, I, I just felt, because Bridget's riding, he might slightly get a, a better price, even though she gets on with the horse exceptionally well. Um, because Harry's gone elsewhere. Sometimes her amount's going to get a little bit overlooked in the betting, but she had a, a good campaign for the Skelton team last year. And, and I thought she rode Ascot exceptionally well and, and she gets a great tune out of the Moon of Gold. So I've got six to one around that kind of price, um, Moon of Gold. He, he's just likes Ascot, goes well fresh. And I thought he was he was interesting. He's he's a horse that's shown a, um, himself a best, better effect, I thought, on softer ground. It's good to soft at the moment. Thoughts on that? Because I know the last time he was meant to run at Chepstow, he's actually pulled out due to the ground being good. I think looking at the forecast, the, the BHA said they're going to get 8 to 12 mil. Uh, obviously, that will probably need to fall. Um, but looking at the weather, I think you'd be surprised if it didn't. Um, it's already good to soft now. It was soft ground last year. It, it shouldn't take too much to, to get to that angle. I think um, Chepstow was quite on the quick side the rain hadn't quite come for quite a few horses at that meeting but yes it's a good point you do want the rain to come obviously we are recording this nearly 40 hours before the race but forecast and you can never quite be 100% sure does suggest that it's going to be more rainfall than, 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 than not 
Yeah, absolutely. I, there's a horse that I do think will like the ground, uh, regardless. That's Grey Diamond for me. Sam Thomas Yard have been throwing out winners left, right and centre this season already. And I really like this horse coming into this um, at a at a at a slightly bigger price. I think I think he is about the seven to one uh, mark and uh, a horse with, I believe, a bit of a future. Ross, have you had a look at this race? Any thoughts about what looks to be a nice, better betting race of, from the weekend? Yeah, it looked nice open betting for Heat, didn't it? Um, I looked a bit further down the market and at uh, 18 to 1, uh, Jane Williams has Monsieur Lecoq. Um, Kieran Gethin's on board and I think that's a, a positive jockey booking for him. Um, he's been placed off 136. He's now down to 132. He is a horse that's perhaps always promised to be more than he's delivered, but I do think this race will be set up for him. I think the rain that... Uh, James is just as short as is going to come will suit this lad as well um, and at 18 to 1 I just thought he was a, a nice each way prize Brilliant, with a prep yeah. run as well actually behind him yeah that team definitely um, have been they, they made they making hay last season I, I've been really um, impressed by Kieran Gethings who's doing who did really well last season and it's nice that, that he gets uh, this ride again um, a good race good betting race is actually as I mentioned, Ascot's, for me, the, the meeting that I've got m- most of my fancies for this uh, this weekend. So we'll probably finish up, guys, and look and, and take your naps and your each-way selections for the weekend. I know, James, you've already mentioned your uh, your treble um, for the Paul Nichols, um, the Paul Nichols treble, which I think is a pretty a pretty decent one. The surname, uh, Frodon and... Um, Master Tommy Tucker. Yeah, Master Tommy Tucker, uh, which is pretty risky, but we quite like that. A bit of a, a bit of a um, exuberant one. Um, but we'll go into your naps and your each ways. Um, I'll start with you, Ross. Uh, so my nap would be in the two tenner Ascot. Uh, John Joe Neal's soaring glory. Um, it's a shame that John Joe Neal Jr. won't be riding, but they've gone to Tom Scudamore, who did them well last year with cloth cap. Um, he was reportedly wrong after Cheltenham. Um, and... And they were so confident that they had a better horse going into Supreme. So I'm sure this mark is still below what he's capable of. And it didn't, to me, look the strongest heat. So around three to one, I think, with SPK, I thought he was a nice price. And then my uh, each way next best is, uh, again, at Ascot in the 320. Jerry's back for the Philip Hobbs team. Um, Jerry's back has got a bounce back. um, But the Philip Hobbs yard is in much better form this year. He's got some nice form around Ascot. He's dropping to a nice mark. I just thought he would perhaps outrun his odds. Yeah, two interesting horses. And that Betfair hurdle form, Ross, just keeps getting uh, boosted left, right and centre for Soaring Glory. So as you say, SBK go three to one for Soaring Glory and Jerry's back is 17 to two. So two interesting selections there. And to James, where are your nap and each way bet going to be landing with? So pretty conservative, to be honest. I think surname, I know he's crazy. I know he probably will disappoint on many occasions this season, but I think first time will be the time to catch him in, in the Charlie Hall. And again, a little bit on the conservative side, but it's just one of those days where the horses are coming back and relatively small fields and there's not too many big prices. So Muller Gold, I'd be very disappointed if he wasn't in the three at Ascot under Bridget Andrews. I think he's got a, a cracking win chance, but I think you can be guaranteed to get your money back if uh, he's that little bit high in the handicap. So Muller Gold each way, surname, for the banker nap and then the Paul Nichols treble hopefully Dietrich come in handy this weekend yeah that's definitely one for a bit of fun um, I'm like I like that already for me 
Um, I am going to go against Ross and going to take you on with Boot Hill. I think this horse in um, in the two ten at Ascot. I think this horse has comes with a huge reputation. He's obviously had his issues, his injuries. Harry Fry has had an all right start to the season. Um, this horse who's got Sam Twiston Davis on board of interest, um, I reckon is a lot better than his 135 rating that he's been given. And obviously Soren Glory has to give him a good bit of weight um, away because of that. Um, and we've got him in um, so far four to one with SBK. And then... Um, also going to be taking uh, Ross on as well. Um, uh, well, Ross, uh, Ross and uh, James on in the 245, as I like the Sam Thomas's run at Grey Diamond at um, 13 to 2 he is with SBK. So as we've all said, Asuka is definitely the best place to be following in terms of a betting perspective. But guys, we've got a lot to look forward to with these big stars coming out uh, on show at Weatherby and at Down Royal, um, a heap to look forward to. Thank you for joining me this week, um, James and Ross. And Not a problem. Look forward to having you back with us. And we, can, we can review how we've got on, so best of luck uh, for the weekend, and we'll catch up soon. And thanks to everyone for listening to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast.